A fabringen, in Yiddish a term meaning a joyous gathering, but it's really so much more. It's insight, it's inspiration, it's the bottom line. Join Rabbi Levi Avton, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for the Fabringen, only on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Aftson, and it is good to be with you on this day. It's a beautiful Tuesday afternoon here in Johannesburg. These are the winter days that we always talk about how lovely they are. Thank God. And, yeah, counting the blessings, even in strange times. We are about halfway through the month of Av, the 14th day of the month of Av today. I hope that... If you fasted on Thursday, you fasted well, and you're healthy, and you're recovered, and ready to the next phase of the year. The Jewish calendar very much, you know, has energies. What I mean, it has energies. Different times of the year just have a different feel to them. The lead up to Passover, the three weeks of mourning, the Omer, the lead up to Rosh Hashanah, Hanukkah, and especially here in South Africa with an interesting calendar where in the Northern Hemisphere, the calendar year, or rather the school year starts in September and kind of follows the Jewish calendar, starting with Rosh Hashanah at the beginning over here, Rosh Hashanah is the end. But there's no question that each each time of the year has an energy. And the energy we're, we, we just walked into is a lighter energy. Um, you know, we just walked out of three weeks that you couldn't hear music, and that followed... Just six weeks before that, you had a six-week period that you also couldn't listen to music for the Omer. And now, like the next eight months, there's no prohibition. There's no, it's the time of the year, which is much lighter and brighter. And I hope that we find that lightness and brightness in our life, that we find that light and we find peace and clarity during this time. We're getting closer and closer to Rosh Hashanah just over six weeks away from uh, New Year, 5781. And no question that the conversation in the community now is going to move towards Rosh Hashanah. Will there be shul? Will there not be shul? How will it play out? How many people in shul? How long is the service? Will there be chazan? Will there be choir? Most probably the answer is not to the last one. As in no, there won't. I don't see that happening. But a lot of other interesting um you know, questions. So, DYI Rosh Hashanah. Do yourself, do it by yourself, a uh, Rosh Hashanah. Um, I know many organizations around the world are creating DYIs, um, you know, Chagim, to be able to do the holidays alone. We did the Pesach Seder alone, and unfortunately, many people this year, even if Shul's open, many people are going to choose uh, to stay home, and you can't criticize that decision. It, you know, there's a lot of logic in either decision. There's the logic to sit there saying that Rosh Hashanah you belong in Shul, and there's logic to sit there saying that you want to keep yourself safe, and they're both valid. And each person will be making very unusual decisions this year. And therefore, in a way, the preparation and the lead-up to Rosh Hashanah for the next few months is going to be very out of our comfort zone. It's like a, it's, it's a different chag. It's a different chag in the fact that for many of us, if not most of us, specifically the Jewish community here in South Africa, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur has a many implications. And a lot of those implications will not play out in real life. 
Rosh Hashanah dinners, Yom Kippur breakfasts, um, sermons, big shuls, big crowds, chazen choir, full services, shofar, Torah reading, aliyot. It's a full-on package, and that package is going to look very different this year. And other than the fact that that's going to be hard, which we acknowledge, and very strange. Everything opens new opportunities. Um, you know, I remember before Pesach, many people were panicked about how Pesach will play out alone. And yes, some people got back to me after Pesach saying how traumatic it was, but the majority of the responses I got was people telling me how mind-altering it was, how mind-blowing it was to realize that they could actually have a beautiful experience in these restrictions. <clears throat> that means we never imagined we would make a Pesach Seder alone, and yet many people told me it was the most meaningful Pesach Seder they've ever had. Again, it's not something we pray for to happen ever again, but nevertheless, it was for me uh, a beautiful sign that's of human adaptability, that we have the incredible ability to be adaptable. And as I started off the show, the calendar of the Jewish year, the Jewish calendar is very much a calendar of adaptability where each month, each few weeks has its own energy and you try to tap into the energy. Now that we're past Tisha B'Av and tonight we're going into the Hamisha B'Av, the 15th day of Av, Tuba'av, a day of connection, a day of friendship, um, a day that people often focus on relationships. And then we get into the lead up for Chagim. I mean, according to many customs already from tonight, you start wishing people a, a happy and sweet new year. Some people started only at Rosh Chodesh Elul. They started in two weeks' time. But many start singing it tonight and start wishing it tonight. And they start writing letters. When they send an email, whatever, they'll finish off the correspondence with wishing you a happy and sweet new year. So we're definitely going into a new energy. And that's really the, the energy and the space that I want to dedicate my show to. But before I dedicate the show, before I really go into the show, that was more of an opening, I want to play for you uh, one of my favorite songs. It's a song about Shabbat, but it's just the melody, it's the tune, it's magnificent. It's called Shabbos Hayom, Today is Shabbat by Shlomi Gertner. For me, that sets me into the tu- into the zone, and I hope it sets you into the zone as well. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Aftzen of Linksfield Shul, and you're listening to Fabringen on Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson from Linksfield Shul, standing here on the 14th of Av, going into the 15th of Av. Today is my personal anniversary wedding anniversary, so it's a, it's a day that many people focus on relationships tonight, tomorrow. I know Rabbi Shishler, my colleague, who uh, comes here on Thursday every year, he gripes about the terrible misnomer calling it Jewish Valentine's Day, but uh, so we won't call it Jewish Valentine's Day, we'll just call it a day to focus on relationships, and on this occasion, I want to wish Rabbi Shishler Mazalto for his son's wedding tomorrow on the 15th of Av to Ba'av. So, let's talk about relationships. You know, some, something something was getting to me. I was thinking about it earlier. Now, let me just say straight out, I'm not a rock in science about relationships. I don't claim to have the be-all and end-all 
tricks for relationships. I think relationships are multifaceted and complex. And at the same time, and this is really the point of my show, is I think we overcomplicated how hard it is. In other words, I, I sometimes think about what we've done with all our courses, marriage courses, parenting courses, or not what we've done with it, what that, what that is a symptom of. With all the options we have, okay, this is how you do a business, and this is how you do this, this is how you do that. What's the underlying message people are getting? Is that in order to have a marriage, it's a complicated uh, thing, and it's not for everybody. Parenting, it's complicated, it's not for everybody. Business, not for everybody. Now, yes, I, I will agree that it's not every single person on the planet um, you know, should be married. There's certain people that for their sake, for other people's sake, for whatever, whatever reason that, you know, they, they choose to be single. No judgment there. But I do find that many, many people are scared off of marriages or have very funny impressions of what it is because they overcomplicate in their mind. It's like, it's like a Mount Everest to have a good marriage. It's a Mount Everest to raise children. It's a Mount Everest to build a successful business. I would, I would argue it's not. It's not at all. It's, it's natural. I mean, we've been doing it for thousands of years. We've, you know, it's a kind of thing that after billions of relationships throughout the years, you'd think that, you know, we'd figure it out. It's not so complicated. For me, I'm like partially amused and partially um, heartbroken that so many people look at relationships, specifically marriage, as like this anomaly like this like oh my gosh how does it work tell me the secret to love i remember one of my colleagues the rabbi was telling me he says he's been giving lectures about dating and love for the past 10 years and each speech it's the same people showing up like still oh my gosh i still have something to learn and they're, they're still you know and they still haven't found the right one or they're still they're still not happy in the relationship there's no rocket science to the relationships that's the way i see it i think that when we sell it as an overcomplicated um, mission, I think that we scare people away. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with learning techniques, but te there's a difference between techniques and fundamentals. The fundamentals of marriage, you don't have to go to a course to realize. It should be common sense. The problem is that's not common sense. And for me, that's the issue. The courses are filling a need, but the problem is that there's a need in the first place. That there's a need in our world to talk about relationships. Maybe I'm sounding way too idealistic, but I think 50, 60 years ago, not even that long ago, before the modern world that we live in was really formed in our minds, because ultimately a modern and not modern is all in your perspective. Before that, I do think that the human being naturally understood, okay, this is what relationships are, compromise, humility, giving, dealing with tough days, dealing with nice days, loving the highs, dealing with the lows, sharing life together no matter what life throws at you. I mean, I really, really don't think this is rocket science. And this, you know, the part of me, maybe as a rabbi, as a speaker, that wants to feel like a guru, oh my gosh, ladies and gentlemen, do you know the secret? Because I, with my 11 years experience, boy, do I have insights you never thought of. I don't know. I don't know. That's like, it, I think it's common sense. And that's why it's one of the first things the Torah mentions. I mean, Adam and Adam's created and the 
one of the first things God notices, it's probably the first thing God notices in the Torah is, Lot tov adam it's not good for a human being to be alone. I'll give him somebody to, you know, challenge him or somebody across him. But it's different. It's the first thing God did before God even gave Adam a, a way of life or guided him. The first thing he actually did was give him a, a partner and did Adam go to courses? No. Did he make mistakes? You better believe it. Um, and at the same time, they figured it out. And they stayed together. Till Adam, we, we don't know when Eve passed away. We know that Adam passed away at the age of 930. So they stayed They stayed together for a few years, etc. When you hear the numbers of people choosing not to get married and the number of marriages ending in divorce, you're like... Friends, it isn't rocket science. It, it's it's possible for pretty much everybody unless you're in an abusive relationship. And abuse, again, I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not qualified to talk about abuse, but I could say straight out, if there's abuse, get out um, and go get professional help. But other than that, other than the abuse, you know, give it, I don't know, 5%, 10% of divorces, whatever you want to give to it, even allocate 20%. What's with the rest? Again, not judging. I'm not talking about a specific person. You know, people have their stories. And I'm not here to judge anybody. But when you see a symptom in a society, if you look at the bigger perspective and you see it happening so often, more and more divorces going through the Beth Din every single year, less and less marriages. You sit there wondering, guys, like, it really isn't rocket science. I'm telling you, it isn't. I know a lot of my friends and a lot of people I know very well who really don't have the highest level of IQ and are not geniuses and they cannot give you the course on marriage and they cannot give you any deep wisdom about it and they they somehow make a life for themselves. Which gets me thinking that if we focused on the fundamentals, not on the complexities, maybe we would have an easier time. In other words, what's the fundamentals? And again, common sense. Nothing I'm, I'm saying today is genius, but I think it's important to focus that. Just like you know, focus on parenting and telling people it's not genius. Just use your use your intuition, use your common sense. Common sense is that if you're marrying somebody, they're not going to be as amazing and fantastic as you feel when you're proposing on one knee for the next fifty years. That's common sense. I really don't think there's genius in that, and yet. You and her, she and you, whatever, both of you, just focus on that for a moment and sit there saying, okay, I'm choosing you right now. You're absolutely lovely. You're absolutely fantastic. You make me feel great, but I am not marrying you for how you make me feel because if I marry you for how you make me feel, then if you stop making me feel anything or if I stop feeling anything on my own initiative, then I will buckle. That's not a relationship. You make me feel great is not the determination of a relationship. It's nice. It's a great bonus. But if if the if he getting on the knee or she accepting the ring for a moment think that this is what life feels like for the next fifty years, hmm, well, good luck. I'm not saying nobody. There are like that's I don't know half a percent of couples or one percent of couples that are literally giddy over each other for the next sixty years. I've seen a few. It's lovely. 
But it's unnatural, and it's not even an aspiration. If it happens, it happens. If not, not. But I don't think that's the definition of a good marriage. Definition of a good marriage is two people who decide they like each other, or they love each other, depending how long they've been dating, and they want to set up a life together and go through life as partners, and please God have children together, and and please God, you know, have highs and have lows and live life. That's all it is. Life doesn't become rosier once we bring another person to our life. On the contrary, it makes life more complex. But on the other hand, it makes it more rewarding. So you sit there saying, I will walk with this person through life. But the same life I lived till the day I got married, which is multifaceted, complex, gray, nuanced, moody, etc. It's going to continue now. And on the contrary, it's going to be magnified because now there's another element in my life. And then with children come much more elements. But like when people sit there getting married thinking that what you're signing up for is a feel-good experience, I'll be honest, I think we're setting ourselves up to be terribly disappointed. There are many moments of marriage that feel great, but that's not what the definition of marriage is. The definition of marriage is the way the Torah says it. It's not good for a human being to be alone. Share your life with somebody. Have somebody to carry the burden with you. But in no way is it, you know, glamour and glitz. Yeah. Some people get married. They have lots and lots of money. There's a bit of glamour. There's a bit of glitz. It lasts for a while. But eventually at some stage, you're two human beings. And and that's what you're focusing on. That's what you're facing. That's what you're dealing with. That's what you're building upon. And again, I want to reiterate, this isn't genius. Um, but when you look out and you see so many people who forget the basics, or maybe they didn't even know it. Maybe they just bought into Hollywood's version of events, into fiction, the fiction of romance. Now, fiction is not a bad thing. It has It has value. But the fiction of what life looks like, you know, I've, it hit me yesterday. Whenever you watch a movie about love, it always ends at the beginning of the relationship. In other words, and he and she finally get together. You read a book. And you, he, she was chasing him. He was chasing her. And they got married. But that's not the end of the journey. That's barely the beginning. You haven't even started it. Okay, you chased each other down. Now, can you live with each other? But no, because most of us have the fantasy of love that chase and that happily ever after that you feel under the chuppah, under the canopy. But really? Is there anyone that actually thinks so? We're human. We're moody. We're complex. We're difficult. I I get annoyed when I hear people painting marriages as idealistic. You know why? Because maybe your marriage is lucky. you. But what are you telling the people listening? You're telling them that any marriage that isn't absolutely 100% ideal is not a great relationship. And that is baloney. And that is disheartening because 99% of people are not going to have the perfect relationship. They will have a beautiful relationship, but not perfect. It will be complicated. It will have moments. They won't constantly be feeling in love all day, every day. And that is fine. But when we set this bar of what a great marriage looks like, I have a very low bar for what a great marriage looks like. I'm, <laughs> there's an incredible marriage. I'm saying a good, not great, but a good marriage, I have a low bar. Obviously, there's no abuse. That's not even a question. That, that's before the conversation. There is basic um, kindness. 
it's two people who are trying to work on themselves, and sometimes they work on themselves better, and sometimes they don't work on themselves so well. And it's two people who are committed to stick it through and share their life with an individual, even if the road gets bumpy, and who try to make each other happy. That's it. Obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm playing simplistic card, but I do believe that. Like, why do we have to overcomplicate it as if it's the possession of the few, that only like a few geniuses, rocket scientists, people who've read every book about, of love can build a marriage? That's nonsense. It's, it's natural, pretty much for almost all humankind, if not all. It's natural. It's, 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 it's normal. It's, it's what we do. You set down a life with another individual, you build a home, and you're not happily ever after, but you are ever after together. And many times you are happy, and many times you are sad, and many times you're, you know, all times you're human. And I would just encourage people, you know, people who talk about marriage or people who are going to, you know, running marriage courses, or even you talking to your kids and, you know, your growing kids, to not paint it at this impossible, unattainable goal. Like, you know, making a great marriage is like becoming a billionaire. It's not. It really isn't. Billionaire is luck and, you know, a lot of brains and a, a lot more luck than brains. And marriage is not that much brains and not that much luck. Yeah, you have to have a muzzle that you don't marry a witch. But other than that, it's not a lot of luck. It's a lot of common sense, a lot of, you know, using our brains. Now, you might just say, gosh, Rabbi, seriously, what's this guy on talking about? I mean, this is so obvious. Well, I wish it was. And thank God it is for you. But when divorces are just getting higher and higher and higher, and marriage is going lower and lower and lower, you start asking basic questions like, what are our kids thinking about marriage? Why are they so scared? Why are they so scared to commit? What do they think they're signing up for? Why are they convinced they'll fail? What are your thoughts? You can text me on Facebook. You can text me for 519. We'd love to hear your thoughts. This is Rabbi Levy Aftson of Linksfield Shul. And you're listening to 101.9 Chai FM. Chai FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. I'm Howard Feldman and I've been a fan and a customer of Paper Trail for years. Paper Trail have added electronic signatures and workflow automations to their electronic document management offering. This makes my business processes even more convenient. I can send and sign contracts on the cloud. I've seen it. I've used it. It's awesome. Whether you're a large corporate or a smaller SME, you'll love working on PaperTrail. PaperTrail, designed to fit your business needs. Visit papertrail.co.za to find out more. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is Rabbi Levi Avtson of Linksfield Chul and this is 101.9 High FM and today we're talking about... <gasps> Oh, gosh. Oh, that beautiful, fantastic word that just warms my heart to love. <gasps> yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> um, and I'll be honest. I'm being, I'm being a bit cynical today. I'm just playing one side of the equation. Sometimes to bring out a point, you have to use contrast. I'm not saying there's no room for the emotional, teary, um, you know, roses and lilies description of relationship. There's a lot of room for that, but it's not the be all and end all. It's not the foundation. Uh, a sibling of mine wrote, sent me an article she wrote last night and I read it late at night, but it was a very powerful idea. 
And that was in our relationship with God, which very much manifests in our relationship with each other, that there is the foundation. You know, I'm holding a bowl in my hands. You can't see me. But for the sake of illustration, at least in my own mind, I'm trying to, you know, illustrate it to myself while I talk to you. I have a bowl. The bowl is nice, but ultimately it doesn't really serve any function until something's in it. And if I fill it with beautiful stuff, then I bring out the beauty of the stuff and the bowl. The bowl of life, the foundation of life, the thing that everything else sits, is commitment, dedication. In that structure, in that bowl, in that cup, in that building, there is lots of room for love. It has to be full of love. But if the foundation is not commitment and the foundation is love, that is a risky road. Because what if you don't love? Love is it's not something you have that much control on. Not always do you feel love. You're a human. But you see, the difference between love and respect or love and awe, whatever word you want to use, yira, is that awe, respect, it's regardless of your feeling. No one's asking you what to feel. We're just saying behave a certain way in a way of respect. Be mindful. In other words, it's something that you're much more control of and it's something much easier to discipline. Just respect. Regardless of how angry you are, watch your mouth. But if my foundation of a relationship is love and my love fades or my love is wishy-washy or my emotions are complex, which is pretty much the human condition, then what is my relationship sitting on? What's its foundation? What's its principle? What is holding it up? And that's why when it comes to even our relationship with God, the Tanya teaches us in chapter 41, that the beginning of service of God, the beginning of serving the divine, the beginning of having a relationship with Hashem is respect, not doing what he, what he asks us not to do, doing by commitment, even if we're not feeling that day. And then to obviously fill it with love. And whenever you're feeling the love, your your service of Hashem will be all the more beautiful because if it's just done with respect, then it's bland. And nobody likes a bland relationship, but at least a bland relationship of awe, it has boundaries. It has red lines. Love is not, doesn't have red lines. You know, I, I, I'm going to give again an extreme example. But I don't know, one of my pastimes, I, I think I got over it, but one of my, my things I, I, you know, did to quiet my mind in the past was watch crime shows. And not only fiction, but nonfiction as well. Um, 48 Hours in America and other shows like that, Crime 2020. And one thing that became clear after watching just a few, but I watched quite a bit, is that most crimes are crimes of passion. In other words, it's, it's a, it's a, I think I remember hearing the percentage 85%, uh, I stand to be corrected. Most murders or most abuse happen between two people who so-called love each other, or at least at some stage loved each other. So what went wrong? I mean, other than the fact that some of them are, are violent by nature, but not everyone who ends up doing a crime is a violent by nature. They just didn't have red lines. And they didn't have boundaries and they didn't have maybe, um, faith that, you know, tells them, okay, there's a red line you can't cross. Again, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know the individuals, but there's no question that they crossed 
too many red lines, which led eventually either to abuse, to murder, etc. But it always starts off, and five years ago they were so happy together. Love can work, but it's not a guarantee that it will work because emotions are fickle. Respect might feel much more bland, but it works. Because respect means no matter what I'm feeling for you today, I will not cross that line. I will not say a mean thing to you. I will not hurt you. I will not put my hands on you. I will not um, say something that I cannot take back. That is respect. That's not love. We're told that what even in Judaism, the mitzvahs of positive they mainly come from love and they come from respect, but it's what you do proactively. But what you don't do, your boundaries, the fact that you don't eat that food, you don't you know, break the Shabbat, etc., that comes from respect and awe. Because love doesn't get you to not do things. Love gets you to do. In other words, love puts you in a feeling that you want to. But it doesn't set you boundaries of what you do. It doesn't set limits. So when people sit there saying, you know, Tuba Av is the day of love. It might be the day of marriage. And marriage does need love. But marriage isn't love. And like that expression, I'm looking for love. What exactly are you looking for? I'm looking for love. All these, you know, single ads, I'm looking for love. Are you looking for a feeling? Are you looking for happiness? What are you looking for? Because truly, if you're looking for marriage, then you're looking for commitment. You're looking for loyalty and love within that. But the foundation is not love. The foundation of a marriage is not love. The foundation of any relationship, even with my children, is not love. It's it's responsibility. Again, that's bland. It doesn't sound great. It doesn't feel inspiring. But it is consistent. Respect is a consistent value. I respect my child. My child respects me. I respect my spouse. My spouse respects me. There are boundaries. We respect each other's privacy. We respect each other's entitlement and opinion, etc., etc., etc. And then once we set the boundaries of the relationship, then you fill it with love. But love has no boundaries. And that's where crimes of passion come from. There, there is no boundaries in love. Love is just all-encompassing. It's like overflowing. And that's why people who are, quote, unquote, in love, they're just like, just like, you know, bubbling with, you know, the, the, their spouse or their date is the most amazing, blah, 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 blah. And they're just like, they're overwhelmed. And it's beautiful. But that can't be a foundation. The foundation between a relationship between the human and God and between each other is respect. I respect you. That's why I want to spend the rest of my life. And, of course, I love you and I have a good feeling around you and it makes me feel good. But fundamentally, I know I can respect you. And I will stay with you even on the days I don't love you. And yeah, that's what I, that's, I don't think we're putting down marriage by describing it that way. I think we're, we're making it more accessible, which I think it should be. It's not, again, it's not a boogeyman in the sky. It's not scary. It's beautiful. It's magnificent. It's here. It's accessible for anybody. Work on ourselves, bring respect, bring boundaries, bring values basics, and then live happily ever after.
or not happy, but live happily after. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Yafsen of Linksfield Shul, and you're listening to Fabringen on 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Yafsen on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Yafsen, and this is the Fabringen. And today we're talking about how not to overcomplicate relationships and Yes, there's always room to learn technique, better listening skills, um, better way of um, articulating, better way of controlling anger, better ways of, you know, sticking it through and, you know, solving issues, etc., 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 life. And we, and throughout life, we're continuing to learn techniques. But the foundations of marriage are common sense. And they're accessible to pretty much everyone on earth. And for each and every one of us, for those who have found the right one to be with, for those who are with the right one, but they're not sure what they feel about the right one, they're not sure about what, you know, if they want to stick it through with this individual, all I'd say is just go back to basics. Go back to the basics of human-to-human respect, human-to-human relationships. I personally, and again, you you could disagree, feel free. I think that most marital issues are not marital issues. They're just two people that have to work through their own issues. So if it's two people working on their own stuff, and and that's that's one thing that I do think is rocket science, and the fact that unfortunately too many people go into a marriage thinking they don't have to work on their character still. And they get defensive when their spouse says, maybe go get help. Maybe, you know, you need to work on yourself. Please, do me a favor. Nobody asked you to get married as perfect. At least acknowledge you're not perfect and go become as perfect as you can be under the circumstances. And and as long as a person is just aware, okay, I'm not perfect. My spouse is not perfect. But we're good for each other. And you figure it out. Each one works on their own character. Each one tries to become a little more humble, a little more generous, a little more selfless, a little kinder, sometimes, other times not. And you just ride life together. Really. It's it's that simple. There's certain things about life that are natural. Eating, sleeping, knowledge. It's just natural to life. It, it's it, it's obvious. I think marriage is in the same category, and I think that we have to stop painting marriage as a like an exclusive club that you know only if you've learned the great geniuses, the ABCs and the DEFs, and the you know the one two threes and the four Ds and the four Bs and the six Ss and oh gosh, I've just heard so many of these you know slogans and it's great. It's all fantastic. It's all wonderful. But you don't need that. What you need is just two good people deciding to share a life together and going on the journey. And please, God, they get to spend a lot of years together with with each other on the journey, learn, grow, and have a beautiful life. So I wish to each and every one, for those who found happiness, to continue to be happy. For those who aren't happy in a relationship, to dig deeper in themselves and just remember why and what and where and how. And to the rest who are looking, may God give you the success to find, but more importantly, once you find, to retain it and to build it and to build something beautiful. Please, God, 
to each and every one of us. We're going to wrap up today's show with a song, Ata Echad. You are one. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Aftsan, and this is the Fabrengen. God bless you, and have a great day.